The following pendant production contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Previously on the Kingery. Hello and welcome to another Kingery commentary. This is the commentary for episode 25, which is also known as season 3, episode 1. So welcome to season 3. Uh, my name is Perry Whittle. I'm the director of this episode, the assistant director on this episode, Bob Blakey, and the writer of this episode, Jeffrey Bridges, is with us in the uh, interview room today. The title of this episode is Under Pressure, and uh, unfortunately, Bob Blakey can't be with us today, but Jeffrey Bridges is here. Welcome, Jeffrey. Hello, Perry. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, felt like feels like we just did one of these. My goodness. Yeah, but no, no, it's been months and months and months. We've months had months and months, and months off. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, through the magic of audio and scheduling. Yeah, months off. So let's see. Um, the music during the previously section of the show is called a hooligan love song, and uh, oh, I wanted to. Um, the previously was introduced by Pete Milan as Tommy Arkell. And and um, for the person who introduces the previously, I've been trying to use cast members who aren't in the episode um, to, to kind of remind the audience about our regular cast members. Uh, you know, especially, you know, the people who aren't in the episode and people might forget about. Uh, but, of course, Tommy is in every episode. So if I stuck to that r- really rigorously, he'd never get to introduce one of the previouslys. So I thought we'd celebrate the new season by using Pete to introduce the show uh, in this uh, in this one. And I think that we also did that uh, season two, episode one. I think we might have had uh, a couple of episodes, um, like maybe in season one that Tommy wasn't in. I can't remember. He's in pretty much all of them. Mm. Yeah. Right. More than more so yeah. than any of the other characters. Right. Right. You awake? Oh, good. a nice grunt. Um, and I and I love I love uh, M. Sierra Garcia's. Uh, oh, good. Yay. She uh, she just it just sets up the stage for you know this whole weird crush that Major has on Tommy. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an lovely. odd. It's not like a uh, like a schoolgirl. I'm in love with you kind of a crush, but it's sort of this like I don't know this strange devotion that she has to him. Yeah, like I don't I don't think there's any romantic tension between them really, but she certainly has yeah a strong affection for him. Yep. Yep. So this scene has got um, Pete Milan as Tommy Arkell and M. Sierra Garcia as Major. We've got a line of Majors coming up soon here when she says, Anything for you, boss. I just thought maybe that was going just maybe a little too far. And it uh, might be a little bit of an awkward moment. So I kind of tried to let that hang there for a second. Yeah, this episode, um, uh, for, for the people listening out there, after we, we come up with the, um, the season outline and all the writers go over it and uh, we get everything nailed down, 
um, the writers sort of pick the episodes that they'd like to work on the most, and nobody picked this episode at all, so I just sort of took it by default, even though I just did the season finale in uh, season two, but nobody wanted it anywhere in any of their picks, so... Uh, <laughs> I was just kind of left with it. But, you know, I can see why when I when I was looking at the outline, um, I thought it was kind of, um, I didn't know how to tie it all together. And it was when I started writing it that I got the idea to use Tommy's, like, uh, heart monitor. Yeah. Uh, once I hit on that, it felt like everything just sort of clicked and, and fell together as when I used that as, you know, a device to show his uh, internal turmoil as it as it were, but um, so once I hit on that, then the, the rest of the episode fell together pretty quickly. That's good. Well, I think it worked out really nicely. And I know that I didn't want to uh, to get stuck with the first episode um, because I'm brand new on the writing council, and so I had no idea how to do this stuff. So I kind of wanted to. Well, it's understandable. You'd want to ease into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. audit the procedure and, you know, see what <laughs> other people were doing for a couple of times before I tried to do it myself. So, Was that, um, was the heart monitor stuff, did it give you any trouble, like, working with that to try to, you know, speed it up and slow it back down? And was it a pain at all? It, um, it was sort of a, it, well, it took a few more steps than, than a usual, um, sound effect because you know we're varying the speed uh what i did was i turned it into an apple loop and then sped up the tempo in my mixing program at the appropriate moments and okay, so that cool. allowed it to to vary smoothly you know to increase and decrease speed smoothly but then it also seemed to make it a little bit more difficult to um edit the after it had sped up and slowed down, after it had changed tempo, it made it difficult to edit the sounds that came after that change of tempo at a certain point. So then I had to bounce it out to, um, you know, a static audio file and bring that back in. So a teeny little bit of extra work, but... Um, well, I'm sorry about that. It <laughs> wasn't my intention, but... Sure, no, but... Um, yeah, you know, I mean, that's always the thing is, is uh, as a director, you're looking at the stuff and you're going, yeah, cool sound effect. Oh, my God, what, are, you know, how long is this going to take me to do? Right. So it's, yeah, there's always, always a balancing act. Um, but so, yeah, no, so, I, you know, I was interested in how to do it and uh, didn't, didn't really, you know, I, I flailed around a little bit because I hadn't done it before, but um, generally it wasn't really too bad. And I got to say... Uh, Having Bob Blakey helping out as assistant director was also a tremendous, tremendous help. And um, just, I mean, I was incredibly far behind on the schedule when he joined. And in just a couple of weeks, he really helped uh, kick us back on much closer to the schedule. Hopefully so, we'll be able to get him uh, in on the commentaries, you know, next week or yeah. next episode and stuff. Yeah, we tried yeah. this time, but the scheduling just didn't work out. But. Yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention now, we've already, well, we're well into um, Madeline and... Uh, uh, Robert's here, but back at the end of the last scene, the the, the sweater that Major gives um, Tommy that he actually describes, you know, like with the stripes, that's like the exact sweater that um, the, the the bandits give El Guapo in Three Amigos. For any of you folks sitting out there, I'm a big fan of that movie, and I just thought I'd tie them together. I thought it was funny. Yes. 
Why can't I remember? Yes, let's see. Right now, uh, we're hearing music um, by David Alexander McDonald. This is a song called The Moon Lounge. And I wanted to mention that we've got all these um, all these characters with a man's la uh, a man's first name with an S on the end as their last name. So we've got Roberts, and now we've got a Captain Richards, and pretty soon we're going to have an Edwards and a Williams, and probably a Peters and a Jeffries, and I mean I don't know who else. Oh, Adams. Yeah, we'll have to have an Adams. So I'm just, you know, I'm just like making a list of all the names of uh, characters that I can introduce when I, uh, when I start writing episodes myself. So this scene now was um, interesting to write because we've never really written the actual Roberts before. He's he's uh, has been he had a few lines at the you know the last season finale, but this is the first time he's really had like a big scene so it was almost like writing a brand new character even though Andrew of course has been in the show for for over two years now so yeah yeah okay and I really like this this phone call here and the way it, it came off um, in audio you you put it together just fantastically especially this part, part where she hangs up on him and then picks it back up and it was just hilarious thank you thank you Okay, so now for the uninitiated, you have to explain the Sam Beckett reference there. <laughs> that is, of course, from uh, Quantum Leap. Sam Beckett was the lead character who uh, leapt around through different people's bodies through time. Um, and I wanted to put a nod into it because, first of all, I've, I've always been a big fan of the show. And I, I absolutely loved it back when it was on. But it also, I think Kingery owes a little bit to it in the sort of soul transference thing, since the whole you know concept of that show was one person leaping into other people's bodies. So that's, I mean, soul obviously takes a little bit from that. So I just wanted to give it a little nod. Okay. And, and I should mention that when I say the uninitiated, I, that includes me. Um. <laughs> And um, let's see, we have this line coming up here where Maddie yells, and uh, there it goes. And was playing this to check how everything sounded, and my girlfriend was listening, and she says she loves how Maddie thinks if she just yells louder, she will that that will help persuade people. <laughs> I think everybody does that once in a while. Though. You're yes. like, if I just get louder, they'll finally understand. And so coming up is the uh, thing that you were mentioning, Jeffrey, yes. <laughs> with the um, uh, the phone ringing a couple times. And Alicia had given me some foley of her drinking the coffee. And um, I had two or three sips of coffee there, and somehow while I was mixing the scene, it just came to me. No, she's going to let him stew. She's not going to pick it right up. She's going to let him stew. She's going to let it ring a couple times. She's going to take another sip of coffee because it's good, you know, because it is good. And um, have some good coffee. <laughs> so that's where that came from. It was very nice. So let's see. Um, we have Alicia Lane Matheson as Madeline Gray. Mike Winters as Captain Richards. And Andrew Eckhart as Roberts. Now... Mike Winters is um, pretty well known, I think, for playing 
answering machine voices and computer voices. <laughs> yes, and is. and I thought when I uh, got his audition and and selected him to play Richards, I thought, oh, fantastic! Mike will finally get out of the little plastic box, and he won't have to, you know, be a voice with a filter on it, and just this little box. We'll we'll make him an actual real person. And then I realized, oh no, he's on the phone this entire episode. Those his only lines are on the phone. Right. So. Well, at least he doesn't have to sound mechanical. Yeah. In, in delivery. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll get you out of that box one of these days, Mike. This what we're listening to right now is um, Bob Blakey's first uh, Kingery directing bit. He cut together the dialogue, and I added the sound effects and the music. And I love Major's pronunciation of Kingery. <laughs> That's great. And Pete's ad lib. Um, this is actually quite fuzzy. I thought it was lovely. And I just thought Bob did a great job on this all around. Yes, he did. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's very good. And when when Major says he's getting big for his britches, I, I, that's a phrase I associate with my parents, and I think that's a real Midwestern phrase. It really reminds me of my parents and their families and stuff like that. Is that yeah, I heard, it, I heard it a little bit growing up in the Midwest, so I, maybe it is a Midwestern thing. I'm not sure. I've, I've got the same ex- Midwestern uh, you know, childhood experience, so yeah. uh, I, I can't look at it from the outside there. Yeah, it's certainly a Midwestern attitude, you know, that if you think you're somebody, that's like a bad thing. Because thinking that you're special, that's just, that really doesn't go over well in the Midwest. (laughs) So, Jeffrey, was there anything here in this episode that you thought um, came out exactly as you imagined it when you wrote it? Um, The ending, particularly uh, Mm -hmm. the very end of the episode with the, the, you know, the beeps and everything. I really liked the way that came out. It was just the way I hoped it would be. Great. And anything that came out uh, vastly different, either better or worse? Uh, not vastly, no. Um, the only difference, really, that was like the, um, the the Madeline with the phone thing, like you said, you let her let it ring. I think it, uh, it was absolutely made it even better. But in the script, it was uh, a bit a bit faster that it happened. So I yeah. think that was a very good call. Yeah. So in this scene, we have Jane Parrish as Regina, uh, doing a lot of really great flailing around sounds, <laughs> and Susan Bridges as Sarah. Yeah, that role that just keeps coming back every now and then. When she took it at first, I don't think we even had a casting call because it was like three or four lines or just one tiny little thing. And so Susan just did it, and the role's just gotten a lot bigger. Now that Regina's, you know, moved on, and so, yeah. Right. Right, well, somebody's got to run the restaurant now that Regina's in charge of the whole kingery. Well, I really, really like really like the way that uh, 
the performances really bring out the warmth between these two characters. I think they're just lovely performances. And yeah, they sound like like good friends. Yeah. And we've got some music coming in pretty soon, which is a song called Sleeper. It's by David Alexander MacDonald. And I thought it sounded kind of like memories. And it seemed like a lot of this scene was about Regina and Sarah discussing old times and, and sharing memories with one another and, and having a bond uh, through the memories that they shared. So that's why I chose that song to go in this scene oh. oh okay that line okay i should explain that actually happened to me i was in a denny's with some friends um it was late at night you know because they're open 24 hours so it was like midnight or something and we were just hungry we went to get food and there was a drunk guy in there who was on his way out as we were waiting for a table and he came up to me and started petting my face and <laughs> he told me if i ever needed any help to let him know because his name was heisman like the trophy and then he left and it, you know, that story has stuck with me for over 10 years now, so I was like, well, you know, I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's a true, true experience. You wouldn't think, why would he pet my face? I don't know. I was horrified, but that's what happened. <laughs> Amazing. It really was. Pretty I'm, surreal. I'm sure that's not the strangest thing that's ever happened in a Denny's, but um, that's, <laughs> you're probably right. That's pretty good. And of course, yeah, in this scene, you start to see um, Regina's got a lot of guilt over what happened, which, you know, again, if you listen in the, the season finale, she was the one who fired the first shot that set everything off. So that's uh, kind of weighing on her a lot, as you would imagine it might. Right, right. So was there anything that you found especially difficult about this episode to write? I mean, other than um, just how it was all going to connect together? You mentioned that before. Right. That was really the only the only issue I had. I was pretty clear on, on how the scenes would go and and that I was going to do uh, split it, you know, start with the, the Tommy Major scene, end with the Tommy Major scene, have one in the middle, and use those to kind of tie the scenes together. But I didn't feel like they'd had that, you know, that connecting thread until I, I got on the, the heart monitor thing. But um, otherwise, um, once I hit on that, I was it was pretty easy. That was the only real, you know, bit I had to work through. And was there anything that was just, like, so incredibly obviously easy? It was like falling off a log? <laughs> uh, the only thing I would say there would be, um, actually, the Tommy Major scenes, the dialogue between them. Becomes, mm -hmm. uh, not that I find the others exceptionally difficult or anything, but those two just come so easy. They're, I can hear them both so incredibly clearly in my head. It's just, they're like the easiest two to write when they're talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. From my early experience trying to write this stuff, I find that um, they can just chatter on and on and on about anything. Um, and and at least at least on the, in the pages that I'm writing, and I'm always trying to keep the page count down and have them get to the point. That's 
That's my issue with Tommy and Major. <laughs> you just want them to be quiet already. Yeah, really. <laughs> get to get to the point, would you? Um, so now we've got Bob Blakey uh, directing again this scene with Tommy and Major. It's a very big help um, getting this thing done on time and giving me a little extra time. That's good. That's good. He also yeah. he does a really good job. I was very impressed. With great, great job. He, yeah. Yeah. So now we have the key that Asa gave to Tommy back in episode um, oh my goodness. 11, of, 11 of season 2, or maybe it was 10 of season 2. I think it might have been. Back there. It was, yeah, it was not quite at the end of the season, but it, got, it was getting close there, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't forget about it. <laughs> right. Uh, we actually we had quite a, a, a big discussion about that in the um, planning chat for the season about Ace's key in his locker and exactly what all was in there and what it would mean and everything. So. Right, and I could um, talk about some of the things that we decided wouldn't be in there, but I can't talk about the stuff that we decided would be in the locker because that would be a spoiler. Yeah. If, in fact, there's anything in the locker. If, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, you'll just have to keep listening to find out. No. Right. Although I think that, that Major said was one of our early ideas. Maybe it's just a giant sack of money. We're like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, that's why I had Tommy be like, yeah, all right. So, you know. Well, now that's funny, Jeffrey. <laughs> is it? Tommy's mother is coming. Tommy's mother is coming in. Well, I'm sure that'll just be some bit part that won't uh, have any influence on the rest I'm of sure. the season or anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I hear the theme music, so that means it's time to go. Kudos and thank you to everyone who contributed to this episode. Jeffrey, any last words? Um, just that any astute listeners out there may have noticed that this is not the first time Tommy has referenced his, his mother, so if you want tidbits, you might want to check out past episodes. He's mentioned her before. Oh. I think at least any, once. Any ideas, like, where we might be start looking for that kind of stuff? <laughs> I think it was somewhere in the second half of season two. Second half of season two. I think, I think. I'm not positive, but I think it's a day. All right. Well, don't pause the commentary. Listen to the end, and then go start searching for it, because we're yeah. done. All right. Bye. See you next month. Bye-bye.